If we can start to make a shift so that kids aren't following influencers, but they're actually following educators, right? That's my dream is that 10 years from now, the first touch points that children and families have are early childhood experts or, or um, educators or instructors who are passionate about them or passionate about supporting them. Hi, I'm Tatiana Feldman. I am the co-founder and CEO of Circle Time, and this is our response to COVID-19. Circle Time's mission is to elevate the best in early childhood programs and education and make it accessible in all senses of the word and convenient for families via online virtual tools that we are developing in our platform. And I would say at the heart of the mission is this idea that we should be creating real access to the best in early childhood programs across the board, regardless of geography, familial circumstances, um, or any other constraints that we know keep most families from engaging and participating in true quality educational programs. Why can't we create a platform where we are getting real passionate educators who would otherwise only be able to impact, you know, at best, maybe a hundred kids with a program. And why can't we take that to the thousands, the tens of thousands and, you know, the sky's the limit. And so we really set out to do something very simple. Like let's put great quality education programs, teachers, you name it on this platform where kids can come on with their parents anytime, anywhere, and have real two-way interaction with these instructors. If you go on to Circle Time, you're going to see that we are really trying to think about the whole child, right? So we have classes that are going to hit on social, emotional, cognitive, and physical um, skills. You know, we want children to have options to move and be truly interactive no matter what they're doing, but some classes are going to really be about using your bodies in more ways than, than other classes. But I would say that every class is in some way stimulating all those all three of those spheres. So if you go on today, you'll see there are classes like History Rocks, which is a music class that in every class, they're going to go through some period in music history and, and teach it through music. And it's beautiful. And the kids really take to it. I love teaching for Circle Time because it gives kids and families such an amazing and enriching platform to keep using their minds, keep moving their bodies, and keep having fun during this crazy, crazy time. I know it's helped me so much. I am so passionate about inspiring kids to move and to dance. So doing that every single week has been the absolute best for me. What really has become a huge pain point is equity of content. Right? It's accessing quality of content, whether because of paywalls or because, again, of information, right? knowing where to go. And so those are two huge problems, and that's what I wanted to focus on. I'm, like the, I'm not going to be able to solve uh, the broadband issue. I'm not going to be able to solve having more devices in, in, in families' hands, but this seems to be sorting itself out. So if I can work on the content part, which is really the key, then I think we, we can, again, start to be part of the solution. And I'll say this one last thing. The average age when a child is introduced to a device in the U.S. is four months old. That's the average. So we know that there are babies as young as a month, two, that are getting a phone put in their face, right? So that's across the board. So families are finding ways to connect to content 
So again, I, to me, the bigger, more urgent problem is making sure that when that baby is getting put in front of something, that it is not a random YouTube unboxing video, right? Because what people don't talk about enough, you know, there are a lot of families who say, oh, my child doesn't want to do Zoom. They don't want to learn through Zoom. They, they can't handle it. Um, but they're still sitting in front of a screen for a large part of the day. And we're not talking about that enough. And I hope that as the dust settles, we'll, we will have the opportunity to talk about that. Because my, my instinct, my hypothesis around what's going on is that when a child gets introduced to the wrong type of content too early, their brains, we know, we know that they're not supposed to be watching like really fast paced content, like things that are clippy and flashy and but they are. So it's very hard then for a child to readapt to normal paced content, right? So it's very hard for a teacher over something like Zoom, who's just trying to run a class without all these bells and whistles, to connect to a child who's used to turning on a screen and getting all of these things thrown at them, right? They're so overstimulated by screens in general that when we share with them content that isn't as exciting, quote unquote, we can actually start them on the right path. Um, and, and hopefully when they're three, four, or five, they're not so addicted or dependent on content that isn't actually educational in any way, shape, or form. Hey, everybody. It's Byron, one of your Circle Time Fun dance instructors. I love seeing how the children are really impacted by the positive part of the class and the fun and the energy. I've seen people dance a little bit harder and stronger and more confident as the weeks have gone on. And I really have been always thinking of the kids like those are the people who we're fighting to get back outside for, you know, so when they're older, they can really make the difference and make the changes that need to be done after something like this. COVID is opening up a space to start teaching families about digital literacy because we just don't. We don't talk about the media diet. We're so scared, right, that we just go to no screens, no screens, and, and it doesn't work. And so the first thing that I think COVID did in terms of what we're doing in our mission is that it's created what I call concept awareness, right? So this idea of learning in an interactive way online live is, is something that I think most people now can understand, right? Second of all, like we're able now to onboard so much amazing content so much faster. And I think teachers are willing to sort of stick themselves out a little bit more and take more chances and, and play around with this. And I think the big opportunity there is to then help these instructors find the way that makes this medium magical, right? Because the one thing that I always knew is that you can't just take what you do in real life and, and put it on a platform like this and it's going to be fine. No, you, you need to understand how this medium is a little bit different and practice with it and train with it. I remember the first time we did, like, we, we played around with a virtual play date. Like, let's just see how this works, right? And we were like, how about everyone go and get their favorite toy? My God, the kids took to it like magic. Like, they love the fact that they could suddenly go get something from their room, which, by the way, isn't something they can do in a normal music class where they're going to sit there around in a circle, you know, so but I think the instructors who, like I said, are not trying to over make up for the deficit that exists in this medium, but instead are trying to really take the the opportunities that this medium brings to, to and use it to their full advantage. I think those are the folks who, in five years from now, are going to really be doing amazing things in this in this format. As an educator, what I love about Circle Time and the platform is 
that I'm able to develop my own curriculum and uh, develop my own style of teaching, my own style of performance as well, so that um, I can assess from week to week what works, what doesn't. I can tweak and I can make it better or worse. And then having uh, producers there that watch and can give notes. It's been very helpful to have that sort of freedom to navigate while also having guidance from the company. We want circle time to be a painkiller to all families, regardless of their background. So we wanted, we were really setting out to find support in terms of program creation and program funding that understood that. And so for me, when I applied to, to, to the Tiny Fellowship, it was like, wow, if I can plug into a really creative, diverse and inclusive community, I think that could really accelerate our ability to create diverse representational content. And that was something that was really important to me, right? Like I didn't want to pretend that me and my small team of co-founders, like we could understand how this was going to be you know, relevant to every family. So that was what I wanted out of the, the tiny community. And that's actually what happened. I found myself part of a very supportive community that became even more supportive when the COVID pandemic hit. I'm Tatiana Feldman, co-founder and CEO of Circle Time. And during these times, I've become very hopeful that we are learning to build communities in a whole different way that I think will leave a positive lasting impact on our children for a long time to come.